Hey everybody, we are back with another episode of Can't Stop Snapping, the official podcast of MarvelSnapZone.com. And it is that special week of the month. It is patch week. There is some good, there's some bad, there's some ugly. We're going to break it all down, share our thoughts. I am joined by a returning guest and fellow Marvel Snap Zone uh, contributor, Zombies Go Nom Nom. Zombies, thanks for being here. Hey, how's it going? Um, happy to be back. Excited to talk about all the uh, the new stuff with the patch. Yeah, there is a lot to unpack. Uh, it's one of those times where I'm like, okay, hey, we're going to try to stick to that time limit, but we have lots of topics to cover. So we will dive right in and we'll start with uh, maybe the least juicy stuff. I, I don't want <laughs> to diminish Howard the Duck, but we've got a lot to talk about with the patch, but we always like to start off with the new card. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the new card this week is Howard the Duck. It is a one cost, two power card with the text ongoing, tap this to see the top card of your deck. Uh, you know, in the last patch, um, last month, when we got changes to Jubilee and America Chavez, they said, you know what? We have some cards that are going to interact with the top card of your deck. And so we're making these changes. We obviously got Iron Lad last week. We mm-hmm. talked about on the podcast. And then Howard the Duck kind of feels like a natural partner yeah. with Iron Lad. And we talked about that a little bit last week. But obviously, that you know, Cards are not limited to being played with one other card. So I uh, want to turn it over to you first. General impressions. How are you feeling about Howard the Duck in Marvel Snap? Uh, it's a cool design. Like, I, I like the design of the card a lot. And it really threw me for a loop when it first, like, popped up. Because you see the word tap. And if you played any yeah. magic before, you're like, wait, uh, what exactly do they mean by this? And it's yeah. like, no, it, you're, you're just tapping your screen it's a phone game can you imagine um, you, you click it and it like turns sideways that's on. that's immediately what my mind went to and it was really funny but then i i took a step back i was like wait that that doesn't make any sense <laughs> yeah yeah uh, but yeah howard howard's kind of cool um i think howard i've said it like a few times i think he is a card that kind of suffers from the whole every card currently is costing six thousand tokens because like i'd like to mess around with howard but uh, I, I don't really want to like do that at the the initial pricing. It's just it's the first card in a while I'm skipping on, and it's like I could get it. I have the tokens for it, but I think he also suffers from being kind of wedged between two really anticipated releases of Iron Lad last week, and now the uh, High Evolutionary. High Evolutionary, yeah, uh, is coming next week. So it's kind of tough for Howard and. You know, it's cool to want to like do stuff with him and Iron Lad, and I've seen some people do that and have success. But like you mentioned, you don't really have to play these cards together. And I think you could even make an argument for your deck might just be better not running Howard. Uh, but there will be times where the information is very useful. I saw a few people talk about that. And I thought it was an interesting point. Like I think if there is one like Howard the Duck and Iron Lad deck that ends up kind of working really well with their synergy together it might be like a galactus deck because Mm. people already experimented with lad and having him be like another chance at galactus or maybe another chance at your ramp but howard does something really cool where you know the next card you're going to draw so not only does that let you you know plan your iron lad but it just lets you plan your game plan a lot better and so that was kind of a pretty convincing argument to me for especially damps or decks that rely on ramp. Um, mm. So like the electro ramp style stuff, those lean very hard on their early ramp pieces. So electro wave, some consider Jubilee. 
uh, is like pseudo ramp. And if you don't get those cards, uh, sometimes your deck is a little slow to get going because you have a handful of like five drops and six drops, which isn't ideal. So knowing like, hey, I'm going to get my electro on time or next turn or my wave or what have you, uh, that information is really valuable. And I think he's going to end up being a little bit like Kang where he helps you manage your cubes a lot better. Because if your opponent's snap, if my opponent's snapping me and I'm not in a great position, but there's something that could bail me out, you can just click Howard and see, oh, am I going to draw that next turn? Oh, I'm not. All right. I can just get out for less cubes. Or, oh, do I know I'm going to draw Electro next turn on curve in my ramp deck? Well, I can snap early. So if they do end up leaving, if I'm doing powerful stuff, I get more cubes out of it. So that's been the most convincing argument for Howard to me has been in just the information can be pretty valuable. And unlike Kang, you do actually get some stats on the board. It's not much, but it's a one drop. So what do you really expect? But it's a, it's a cool design. And I think people will have a lot of fun with it when he drops down and it becomes a bit more accessible. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people will be picking him up for 6,000 tokens. Like you say, uh, we'll be talking more about card accessibility and changes there as we go on the conversation. I think that's a great call out with the Galactus synergy. Um, right. And, and Iron Lad, that's just very interesting to me because uh, one, it gives you information are you got to draw Galactus. But if you also have Iron Lad in hand, like you can pull him out early without playing Wave the turn before or something like that, where it's a little more obvious mm-hmm. to your opponent. Right. Uh, I think that's really uh, cool. Yeah. Um, surprise factor. Yeah. Yeah, and so this idea that, like, you know, the ability to snap earlier more confidently, you know, I think is a good thing. It probably nets you more cubes over the long run, right? If you're mm-hmm. snapping on turn five, turn six, a lot of people are going to retreat, and it doesn't really do you that yeah. good. But if you're able to have that just, in those cases, maybe that one little piece of extra information, it may give you, you know, you can snap in 10, 20, 30% more of your games. Who knows, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, that can make a difference over the long run. So interesting card for sure. Um, you know, on the flip side, I've seen a lot of people say, you know, uh, I, I've just read a lot of uh, thoughts online. I asked people mm-hmm. on Twitter and people have said, you know, when we really look at it, it's not that helpful, right? Like it, it's more helpful to just play a one drop that does something that like you yeah. know, disrupts your opponent or gives you more power on the board or kind of like you said, like, maybe in some of these decks with iron lad right like it's just better to have a, another card to iron lad right yeah because or... if you if you hit a howard off of your lad you're you're not i don't think you're gonna be that happy about it <laughs> yeah yeah it's like well yeah i'm screwed so so interesting i think uh i love the design space with this i love this idea that you can kind of like mm-hmm. click and interact with a card at any time to do something yeah uh again i don't know if that's like necessary something they're going to do again well they kind of did it with lad too right because it's a similar thing where you click and then you see behind the card so i imagine that's something they'll probably do again since we've seen it come up with both lad and now howard i think that's how they're gonna uh maybe make i want to call it like an activated ability but it's it's kind of what it is it's like you activate something on the card and you get to see kind of another state yeah yeah so so definitely could be so i think howard howard is interesting like you say, I think he suffers a little bit from the 6,000 tokens and being like Iron Lad, so many people have been excited about and mm-hmm. been doing great stuff with, seeing a lot of play. High evolutionary, whether it's good or not, you know, uh, time will tell. I, you know, I think there's a lot of potential there. Mm-hmm. But I think so many people are going to pick up High Evolutionary because it's a big bad, mm-hmm. 6,000 tokens for a long time, and it just has so much possibility and flexibility, right? 
Yeah, it's um, like one one card for like eight cards or whatever, right? Yeah, exactly. Cool. So like, yeah, best value, best best bang for your buck for tokens. So, yeah, uh, I, I'm excited to try out Howard. I am gonna buy High, High Evolutionary next week, so I'm saving the tokens for that. Not gonna pick up Howard this week, but interested to see what what people do with him, right? As time goes on. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's continue on here. Uh, we do have a new location this week, and that is Milano. Mm-hmm. So Milano <laughs> is uh, it's another one of these great ones where it uh, limits your playability on the board. <laughs> Everyone's favorite thing. Yep. Uh, which again, <laughs> Second Dinner has said like, hey, uh, yeah, we designed a lot of these and maybe they won't do so many in the future, but obviously they have a backlog of these locations. Uh, but for the listeners, Milano uh, on turn five, or the text says, turn five is the only turn cards can be played here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's interesting. Obviously, you know, there's the obvious synergy with the Guardians of the Galaxy cards, right? You know, it's very likely your opponent's going to play cards there. So you could throw mm-hmm. out a Gamora, Star Lord, and a Groot, things like that. That can be powerful. Uh, you know, maybe you're playing a move deck to be able to move cards into this location. Uh, you know, and it does, it is just cards can be uh, play there so you can add cards there. Yeah, so it's like Doom or other other ways Squirrel of Squirrel Girl, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything that's adding a card there. So kind of an interesting location. Um, obviously, it's not... Well, I feel like we just keep getting these locations that are like Sanctum Sanctorum, but like you mm-hmm. can kind you can kind of you can kind <laughs> of play with extra them. steps, yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah. uh what what are your thoughts here? What what are you seeing with Milano? So like everyone else, I'm a little over these. I think I'm a little bit less over them than like the average player because my favorite thing to play recently has been like lockdown stuff. So these are really fun when you're playing a lockdown deck because uh, it kind of helps your goal. But even with that, like I'm I'm definitely of the mind we've gotten way too many of these. Uh, they seem to think so too. I think there was a dev Q&A thing today where uh, they, they flat out said, yeah, so like starting in June, going forward we don't have any more of these like super restrictive ones in the pipeline so it's out we're at the we're at the the end of the tunnel uh, <laughs> yeah. seeing the light for better locations i mean i'm sure there's still going to be things that do make you want to consider certain cards versus other cards that's kind of what makes the locations fun but it sounds like a lot less of this well you just can't play your cards here uh which is good because this does get a bit annoying especially when they start combining with each other like oh yeah it's fine when when Milano's the only one in the game. I haven't hated it as much as I thought I would. I had some fun with it, but admittedly, I was playing like a Guardians deck with Gamora. So it's kind of leaning into it. But Gamora felt really good for this one. Doom felt really good for this one. Uh, I thought I really wasn't going to enjoy playing the location, but I actually didn't mind it as much as I thought I was going to. Um, but it, I, I'll be happy to see a bit more variety because... We've gotten so many of these and we're getting less locations than we did like initially, right? It's now two a month. So it feels like we're getting less new locations to dilute these ones. So they're happening more and more. And I mean, we even saw them nerf the appearance rate of some of the more frustrating ones the other week, which was great because I think being able to change something like that makes for better gameplay experience. The fact that they can kind of fine tune those numbers when they're saying hey maybe this is popping up a little bit too much yeah. like it's it's kind of crazy that to me that crack 
Krakoa didn't have the same rate as Ego initially. Like I didn't, and that's one again. I didn't hate that one as much as many other people did, but I totally get it. And so I was yeah. really surprised to see when they changed that. Um, that's where it was initially at. It was a much higher appearance rate than the super rare one. So uh, it's interesting. I, I don't mind it that much, but I won't be sad to see these overly restrictive ones go away for a while. Yeah, agreed. Um, and it does feel it's so weird. It's like we're getting less new locations. They try to slow that down. But then in doing so, it's like when it rolls around and we finally get one, it's kind of like, oh, another one that restricts my play. It's yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's kind of felt bad. But uh, as you're talking, I, I have opened in a tab uh, the next season pass, which we won't go into detail here. I mean, we'll wait till June. We won't we won't spoil it for anybody. You can go look at it on Marvel Snap Zone if you want. Um, but the locations look really fun next month and i i will just yeah, more interesting than this month's I yeah think for sure yeah things you can kind of like play around and really lean into so so interesting for sure um yeah i'm interested to see just uh, we've had this conversation before on the podcast but at some point you get so many locations i mean it's slowing down if you do two a month that's only 24 a year mm-hmm. right 24 new ones a year which isn't that crazy but like at some point do you just keep like moving more into like the more rare pools or do you ever like have one cycle through that they're like non they don't show up at all for a certain period of time yeah like, it's a good question do you ever essentially like rotate out locations and that, i mean at a certain point maybe it's something you do consider because it can give when you have i don't know a lot more than we have now we have i think like 120 or 130 somewhere in that ballpark maybe a little less or a little more um but when you have that many let's say uh, however long from now there's double that or triple that, then maybe you can create kind of like a, a targeted experience experience for set amount of time where certain types of locations show up more. So you can kind of like what they do with hot locations, but uh, it obviously have to be a little bit different than that. But I wouldn't be surprised if they experimented with something like that, like far down the line, but probably not anytime soon. Yeah. It'd be interesting uh, while we're spitballing here. Uh, I'd love like a feature location, hot location, but it's like multiple locations that like synergize together just for like. That could be cool too. Yeah. Um, and maybe it's in like a casual mode or something, maybe not on the ladder because I could see also the negative there, right? Because mm-hmm. of something so good and you don't have the cards or things like that. But I think yeah, it could even be its own like mode, right? Like that could be uh, like, again, that's a good point that not every, I mean, we see it with the hot location now, not everyone likes the hot location featured location because it interferes with like the ladder experience. But if you had your own kind of side side mode where you could mess with that on like a weekly basis basis or monthly or however long, but it's like kind of its own little mini game mode. It's still snap, but uh, some things are different with the locations. Kind of a neat design space to explore potentially. It'd be be interesting. Like what deck would you build if you knew it was the same 10 locations were going to be like, Mm-hmm. show up in every game right like it was going to rotate only through 10 locations uh you could really kind of do some interesting things you normally couldn't do or build some kind of janky uh decks that you know would be fun to play with so anyway obviously we're just uh this is all just theorizing but um yeah I, i'd be interested to see where they go from here with locations um you know they they pulled back on them a little bit but obviously it is a core function of marvel snap and i think they could do something more in a casual mode that kind of maybe is the happy medium uh in some of these ways right where yeah i think people would love that any type of mode where people can just kind of play their cards with less stakes i think would greatly 
improve the player experience. Even for people who mainly play ladder, sometimes you want to play the game, but let's say you're like close to that, that rank milestone and you're just not feeling like giving it your all. You just kind of want to mess around and relax or just clear out your quests very quickly. Uh, having a mode like that, I think would make people way just enjoy the game more and be less stressed about it. Cause the rank stress can be really real, even when you like try to make it not a thing and just having a way to enjoy the game without that, I think would make a lot of people pretty happy. Yeah. And as much as I'm excited for conquest mode, you know, probably four weeks from now, that mm-hmm. uh, would be the assumption. Um, that is obviously kind of like another high pressure, high stakes mode. Like yeah, it's like more to, high stakes kind yeah, of. Yeah, it's like you have to progress to the next tier in that mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I think uh, th- they've said, you know, in previous kind of roadmap updates that like, yeah, casual mode, something we're figuring out, but uh, it's obviously hasn't been their top priority. So hopefully at some point in the next few months, it's a, it's a priority and, uh, obviously, uh, you know, I'm, I work as a product manager in software, so I always think, you know, things are going to be easier. And then I have the developers tell me, oh, actually that's more complicated to do than you think. Okay. I'll mm-hmm. stop bugging you, you know? So, uh, <laughs> you know, th- there may be some complications to it that they're just, uh, putting off to, to resolve later. But, uh, I think we'll stop there with location before we move on to our next topics, we will do a quick ad break. <laughs> Hey all, I wanted to take a quick moment to talk to you about MarvelSnapZone.com. Marvel Snap Zone is a one-stop shop for everything Marvel Snap on the internet. They have new articles nearly every day that cover deck building, strategy, card breakdowns, etc. They have a great collection tracker tool and a decklist builder that works off of that collection tracker so that you can know what decks you can build with your current card collection. They have guides and deck lists for all level players and all collection level players. Make sure to go to marvelsnapzone.com and check it out now. Okay, we'll dive back in here. And before we bring the slides back up, because our next slide is the card changes, which everybody, Mm -hmm. you know, we always try to spend a good amount of time talking about those. Want to talk about the general changes here. Um, So... Kitty Pride is back in the game. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we'll talk a little bit more about how her effect has been changed as we talk about the card updates. Uh, but Kitty Pride is back in the game, so that's exciting. Everybody got uh, Kitty for free if your account was active as of yesterday when the patch released. So, uh, unfortunately, if you started Marvel Snap today, you're not getting Kitty Pride. But uh, I think did most she people... show up in your collection, or did you have to go to like the little inbox? Because I already had Kitty, so I wasn't she, sure how she that she just worked. showed up. She was okay. just there. Yeah. I, I was thinking, I was like, I didn't see anything in my inbox. I was like, oh, I'm going to have to wait like six hours or something mm-hmm. weird. And she was just there. She was there. Okay, that's Ready cool. to go. So um, kind of similar. I think the same thing happened with Jane Foster back in the day with uh, Nexus events. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Just dropped her in everybody's uh, in everybody's collection. So, so that's something to note. Um, another thing to note is they've made a change to deck cosmetic customization. This is something we knew was coming. You can now kind of create a full loadout for your deck. So you can do card back, title, uh, your user icon uh, for a specific deck. So it's kind of like you can um, 
it's a way to leverage and use those titles and those mm -hmm. icons more. I haven't played around with it a ton, um, but I like, I think it's a good quality of life change. I don't know if you have anything to add there. Um, yeah, uh, I was actually really hoping for something like this because like you said, I, I have a million avatars and yeah. I like doing theme decks or going around a certain theme. So if I can theme like the avatar and the title and the card back together, I'll do that. I think it's fun, but I'm not going to go out of my way to like do that every time I switch a deck. So being able to have it just saved on a deck is really cool. And I like that. Yeah. Um, I think the only downside with this feature is it should you should be able to set a default. So whenever you create a deck, it just gives you your default and then you can kind of customize it from there uh -huh. per deck. Because right now it just gives you the uh, the regular like shadow avatar. And I don't, know, I don't know if it gives you a title or if it just uses the one you use. Um, but it you have to like set it every time you make a deck now or it won't really have anything. I think that's a little annoying. Um, that a little so weird. that's like a, but I think that's more of a minor over, oversight. And I think uh, they'll probably change that over time so that it just uses your default and then you can change it if you want to change it. Uh, but like good feature overall. And it's something I was pretty happy to see. I didn't know we were getting that uh, so soon. So that was pretty cool. And I'm actually using more of the, the avatars and titles that, I mean, no one's really happy to get them most of the time, but at least I can use them a bit more now. Yeah, I think that is a good thing. I mean, we all at this point have who knows how many, a right? Lot. <laughs> a whole. Uh, haven't counted. Um, but it's always like, oh, I change them both once a month, right? Mm -hmm. Or yep, once same. A, or maybe months. a bundle I really like or something. Yeah, and yeah. Don't change it new, for a month. Yeah. Get a new bundle. Oh, yeah. I want the, I'll use this icon and I'll use this title. And then I don't really think about it. And so now it's a little more built into, yeah, how can I like do something a little funny? make something a little theme so that my opponent sees it and is like, Oh, I get it, you know, or, uh, yeah, I get that. Um, you know, uh, I don't know. I'd be interested. It's one of those times I'd like to be a fly in the wall and be able to see the statistics of like, do, all of a sudden are people like using this a ton, right. Yeah. Or is it only really increase people using more of, you know, they use 2% yeah, more of their, of their cosmetics. Yeah. So, uh, be interesting to see they can probably make it a little better like you say but let's move on to uh this next one uh i think is a very interesting one and we probably could we probably have a whole conversation about this but <laughs> I, i'm interested in this change so ranked mode changes so mm -hmm. the number of cubes required to rank up has decreased from 10 cubes to seven cubes so mm -hmm. previously you had to get 10 cubes for each rank now you need seven the number of bonus ranks gained when tiering up has been reduced from five ranks to three ranks so more recently, it's been, you know, when you would reach rank 80, you'd actually go to 85. You'd get a five rank buffer. You kind of get 50 free cubes. Mm -hmm. um, now you get three tiers, uh, which is three times seven cubes. So you get 21 free cubes, but then you only need to go four more. No, sorry. You still need to go to seven ranks, mm -hmm. uh, but it's seven times seven. So that's 49, 49 cubes. Yeah. So each rank, if you don't drop down at all, is only like one less cube mm -hmm. to rank up but it is i think worthy to note that at the beginning of a season when you drop down you drop down a full to like a 10 a 10 rank floor so you drop down from infinite you go to 70 so you still have to climb 10 ranks at that point mm -hmm. uh you have 30 cubes right yeah 30 cubes shaved off that you have to 30 less cubes to get to infinite yeah yeah, yeah. that it's 
It, yeah, they said when they did the first change, they were going to like mess around with this, try different things until they found like the sweet spot. Uh, I know like one complaint about this, like other people have had and I had was like, oh, God, why do I have to be seven? Like you couldn't just make it eight. Uh, so like uh, it's just easier to, you know, not even just doing the math. It just looks better when the, the cubes are in one, two, four and eight. It feels weird when I'm getting eight cubes. and It's like, oh, full rank and a bonus cube. And yeah. but that's a super like minor nitpick. Clearly, this is to they, they want more. I think they want more people to like climb up the ladder than are currently. And I think this is just another slight push in that direction to make yep. it a bit easier. Um, I haven't noticed too much of a difference with it. I think I've climbed like a little bit faster than I would otherwise, but I was already done with like my initial climb when this came out. So I'll get to see more of that next month on reset. But from everything I've heard, it's like just a very slight bonus, but not drastically different from what we had before, which is already like an improvement. So seems fine. But the the number bugs me <laughs> because it, it doesn't evenly divide by like the cubes you can get. Yeah, I, that is interesting. I hadn't really thought about that, but I but I can definitely see that. Um, I think it's interesting. You know, now you can climb a full rank with an eight cube win. Right. Mm-hmm. That's it's true. Like every time you get eight cubes, you're guaranteed to get a rank, right? No matter where you are between ranks. So I think that's interesting. Uh, Maybe there's some, you know, brain juices with that, right? It feels good, right? Mm -hmm. So like maybe it doesn't speed up the climb that much, but maybe there's kind of that piece where like you feel more motivated to keep going. Yeah, the perception and then yeah, perception can be reality for your players, right? Like if you perceive something is you know happening a certain way even if it's not happening as much as you think it does it doesn't really matter as long as you're kind of perceiving it that way yeah so that feel good of like oh man i got four cubes in it like you know i got the rank right you know you need two four cube wins to get Mm -hmm. a rank instead of three right um so it kind of like feels like yeah things are going faster so again not not a bad thing i i think it's uh, like you say playing around with it adjusting it they're trying to see they're trying to pull the levers slowly over time to see what is going to help encourage more people to have fun, but also more people make it to infinite, a higher percentage without just making it. So yeah, you just open the game and you make it to infinite, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. They can't do too much to make it too easy. They still want also, it to be a challenge, right? Yep. Yep. They want it to be a challenge, but they want it to be accessible. So mm-hmm. that's a hard, that's a hard kind of middle ground to find. Yeah. But they're, they're working towards it. And uh, yeah, I mean, I thought the, uh, you know, p- people probably felt, you know, had mixed feelings about when they changed it. So you got the five free ranks, mm-hmm. right? People saying it's too, too uh, easy now, but you know, there's still a challenge, right? It's still a challenge for, for some players more than others. Uh, you know, I'm not a player that makes it to infinite every season. You know, I've made it to infinite, but I don't make it every season. Um, but there are people that, you know, made it every season before and are going to make it a little quicker now. Right. So mm-hmm. uh, you, you have to kind of look at it from the p- perspective of all players, right? And, uh, yeah, even if it doesn't affect you directly, it's, it seems like a net positive for like the the bigger part of the player base. Because I think there is a ton of players who, I mean, you don't really hear from them because they're probably in a more casual group or setting and just playing the game on their phone, not really involved with any of the, the stuff going on online about the game, um, yeah. who that can have a pretty positive impact for. So it's good to remember that. Yeah. So interesting change. Um, didn't nearly necessarily expect that one, but hey, uh, more stuff to talk about. But let's dive in to the meat here. And that is 
Oh, and our faces disappeared for those watching. Uh, that is the car changes. Mm-hmm. Um, lot to talk about here. Um, we did get kind of like whispers of a wave change uh, in the last week or two. I saw some developer comments, but we'll get there in a second. Um, let's talk Kitty Pride first. Mm-hmm. So we already said Kitty Pride is back in the game. Everybody got it for free. Uh, her text has changed from you can return this to your hand to gain plus two power, which in and of itself, you know, before she released, people were like, how does this work? It wasn't super clear, but, you know, people kind of figured mm-hmm. out, but there were some bugs with that that the developers pulled her from the game. So the new text, she retains the same stat line, is uh, when this returns to your hand, plus two power returns at the start of each turn. Um, so I think that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um there's a you know a couple nuances that like don't work or work differently so maybe we can break those down um you know i think the first one being that uh you know she's forced to go back to your hand if you have space in your hand so like yeah you put you like you can't leave her on the board because you want to like spend your energy on something else mm-hmm. that turn it's like she's in your hand and you're not going to get that next buff on her unless you spend the one energy every turn to put her back on the board and on turn six, she's got to come back in your hand, which means if you want to play her down again, and if you haven't lowered her cost in any way, can't play a six drop. Yeah, can't play a six drop. So, uh, what other what other things do you think, or do you have you noticed that this kind of changes with Kitty Pride? So this is like a smaller thing, but so I, I played with Kitty a bunch before she ended up getting like removed. It was a short window, but it was like a day and a half or two days, and I really really liked the card. Still really like the card. Uh, it's great. Everyone ended up getting her for free. I think it's unfortunate they had to rework it mainly because of the, the bugs and her interacting weirdly because I think it was timing issues where there are other effects that would go off during that weird timing between turns. Um, yep. And that seemed to be causing the problems and they couldn't reasonably fix those problems uh, without a lot of other like deeper coding stuff. So I decided to change the card a bit. Uh, card is still really good. Uh, like you mentioned, it does feel like a bit of a nerf in terms of you can't uh just choose to stop leveling up your kitty <laughs> you, uh well i i guess actually you can but it's a really fringe case scenario if you have a full hand i had someone yeah. do that to me yesterday where they used moon girl to fill their hand and the kitty didn't bounce to their hand on turn five yeah. so they were able to play a six drop because the kitty bounces at the start of turn so at the start of the turn your hand is full uh no kitty so that was kind of interesting. Uh, probably just going to be a fringe thing. I don't think it's going to be uh, a major mechanic that people end yep. up using with Kitty because the bounce deck usually doesn't keep a full hand, um, especially towards the end of the game. But it definitely seems to be performing really well, still in bounce. I tried it out last night. I seen a bunch of other people having success with the card. Uh, it feels pretty much as good as it did before, but now you have Hit Monkey, so I feel like it got a bit of a boost from that. Because uh, Hitmonkey, along with Bast and Mysterio, uh, definitely give the deck a bit of a boost. And with Hitmonkey being a pass card and Bast rotating down, it's more accessible than it was before. Because before it was like, oh, you needed Bast, who was Series 4. Uh, you needed Kitty, who was a new Series 5 card. It, and now it's it's actually a fairly budget deck. I think it's, aside from Hitmonkey on the pass, I think it's all pool 3 and below cards, which is... Uh, that's great because due to some other changes, some other budget options got a little hurt with this change, uh, this update. So oh, yeah, uh, it's it's nice to see. I'm glad Kitty's back. Um, it's a shame it took so long to get her back, but at least they kind of compensated people in a good way. And 
now more people get to play with the card. So that's great. Yeah. No, I, I think uh, Bounce has always had a place, right? We've seen people play Bounce since the beta. I mean, in mm-hmm. different forms, obviously more cards have been added to the game over time that have been kind of fit into that shell. But I think Bounce has really kind of come into its own, like you say, with Kitty Pride, Hit Monkey, um, Bass dropping down. I think those are great things to call out. It's a much more accessible deck. For a while, it was kind of like, well, yeah, if you're Series 3 complete and you've picked up all these other cards in Series 4 and 5, like that's the best shell. So it was like mm-hmm. content creators were playing it and people that played a lot were playing it, and you know, but probably not accessible to like your casual player, right? Mm-hmm. Where now it's uh, something that, yeah, people can, they can go to marvelsnapson.com or, you know, see somebody playing it online and they can pull the deck list and probably have most of the cards right off the bat. So interesting change. Uh, glad that everybody's got Kitty and uh, excited to see more play with Kitty, right? It's kind mm-hmm. of like we, uh, kitty came out so long ago it feels like now but like kitty's only been available to play like a total of like four days <laughs> yeah it was like, like no the... time at all to actually play with the card and yeah. man, the the funniest thing i've seen with kitty is the cloning vats and oh my god you there are so many kitties i think the game ended with like uh, seven or eight kitties and some of them were huge some of them were like eight i think there was a 10 uh world's juiciest killmonger opportunity right there oh yeah oh Oh, man you're just holding that to turn six just Mm -hmm. slap that down um well let's let's talk about our next card change which is crystal uh this is one we've been predicting uh potentially to be one of part of one of the ota patches we said maybe we see a stat Mm -hmm. line change but they've opted to go the route of reworking the ability on the card here so crystal's previous text was on reveal if this is in the middle location, shuffle your hand into your deck, draw three cards, and draw three cards. Um, so, you know, she was a four cost, and so normally you're playing her on turn four. So there was often you, like, had three plus cards in your hand, and so you were, like, net losing a card, and mm-hmm. it wasn't, yeah. Uh, Crystal was not really playable uh, competitively, <laughs> right? It, it never has been. Um, they're, they're the Crystal Believers out there, and and crystal fans, I have a great, I have like one of my favorite variants is a crystal variant, and it's just mm-hmm. sitting there, you know, it's the green border. Um, but now crystal has been changed with the same stat line to have the ability on reveal each player draws a card. Mm-hmm. So this is very interesting. I'll let you talk first. Uh, what do you think about this change? Where do you think it fits in? I think it's a good change. I think Crystal goes from being a super unplayable card to a slightly unplayable card, like, uh, but more like fringe. I could think of a home or two. This card could at least be tried in now. Uh, I think it's really clear, and I think they even said it in like the dev comment that they want to be really careful about card draw because it's a 12-card deck game. And uh, card draw can really make it more consistent in a way that might not be positive for the game because the variety is what keeps card games fresh. A lot of the time drawing different sequences of cards. So if you're always drawing your deck the same way, uh, might get a little stale a little bit faster. Uh, I'm really glad they totally reworked this. I was a little worried they were going to leave in the if you played this in the middle uh, or something, which I frankly, I think that text line should just go. Uh, I think that if you want to use that kind of design space, I think at the least you need to make it where it's an effect that happens by default. But if let's say if there's upside and downside to the effect, kind of like with Quake or even with the old Crystal, 
Uh, I think it would have been way better if they made it so it activates on the left and right location. Uh, but if you play it in the middle, it doesn't activate. Because then mm. if you get a bad middle location, the odds are smaller that you get locked out of using your good ability because you have two chances instead of one. So that's how I've always Straight thought they point. should like fix this kind of ability because it's so it's just such an unplayable uh, ability. It makes the cards so, so much worse. Um, and we've seen kind of Quake suffer from that, too, who is a less bad card because she's not understated and Crystal's understated. Like, that's the other thing. She's a four four. Uh, you aren't really playing four fours. Um, people no. uh, people take issue with like Drax being a four six when he misses. And this is too below that. So it it is uh, the old version was rough. The new version. I mean, it's cool. I don't think going to see a lot of play but i think some people are going to experiment with it in galactus because that is the kind of combo deck that wants to be able to draw an extra card and you don't really care if you're giving your opponent an extra card a lot of the time in that style of deck and then stuff with like ronin or Darkhawk and master mold that kind of stuff i think it's always going to be like the the worst one of the hawk options but people really like it and i don't think it's so much worse that it's like not good it's probably fine because you're kind of coasting on the power of zabu and Darkhawk a bit um where you can get away with playing these other cards that might otherwise not be as good without them so that's kind of what i think with crystal i think she might pop up as an experiment in those places um and galactus seems like the main home at least in a version that's kind of like all in on going the galactus route yeah um, one thing I've seen people say, again, I, I haven't necessarily seen this tested out. I was just watching some other content creators talk about this earlier today. Like maybe she fits in a shell where like you have like win con options with Ronin and Devil Dino, right? Mm -hmm. Because she buffs both of those for you essentially, right? That's true. Mm -hmm. um, so play Crystal on four, but maybe before that you've played like Master Mold and you've played Agent Coulson and you've done other things to like increase yeah. the cards in your opponent's hand and the cards in your hand and then you're able to go five six ron and dino or mm -hmm. uh you know and you have mystique obviously to like double one of them if one of them is going to be stronger right things like yeah. that um again i don't know how good that is i think that's just something people are gonna have to test out and you know i may test it out myself mm -hmm. um i think that's an interesting space i think the space you described with galactus or something where you know a ramp where you're really wanting to kind of get certain cards pulled out and guaranteed to be in your hand when you need them is interesting. Obviously being a four cost, we always say, you know, Zabu, right. You can mm -hmm. get her out on three. Um, yeah. But... Maybe you're okay paying three for this card. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it's yeah. not so bad. Um, so I guess just in conclusion, I, I think you said it well, Krista went from unplayable to uh, maybe fits in a couple fringe builds of a couple decks, right? Mm -hmm. um and people can experiment with her and, and the, you know important to note what the developer said as you kind of spoke to they they don't want crystal to be a good card right mm -hmm. they don't want crystal to be like oh crystal is op everybody's playing crystal and everybody's drawing all the cards in their deck and yeah. you know they're just able to play their combo every game that's not what they want so i think that's fair i think like Crystal's been so bad for so long. Everybody's like, make Crystal good, right? And yeah. So it probably isn't the change everybody was expecting because everybody's had this feeling of like, we want all the worst cards to be good. Yeah. But I appreciate the developer comment of like, hey, this makes her better, but like, she's not supposed to be good in yeah. that sense, right? So anyway, we'll we'll continue on. We could we could talk all day about Crystal. Uh, mm -hmm. But the, the next two are the juicy ones in my mind. 
Uh, it, uh, uh, you know, rest in peace. Um, Death Wave, you know, May 2022 to May 2023. Yeah. Uh, Wave uh, still retains the same stat line. Three cost, three power. The text went from on reveal next turn. Cards in both players' hands cost four to on reveal. All cards cost four until the end of next turn. Wave's cost reduction occurs after other effects that reduce card costs. I don't know if that last piece of text is actually on the card. Or if that's uh, just no, that's note. just like a clarifier. That's like a, del- a developer yeah. note they gave us. Yeah. Um, so what this means is things that lower cost, we're talking uh, like Miles. Stature. Uh, stature, yeah. She-Hulk, Death, all these things, right? That mm-hmm. has been this whole synergy, this whole deck style for so long. Uh, will no longer work with Wave because Wave will, those will all reduce their costs and then Wave will overwrite them to all costs for. So mm-hmm. basically Wave is now a ramp into one card, um, which, you know, I mean, that's what people were doing with Galactus, right? That's mm-hmm. that's a key Galactus thing. And, you know, you do it in a couple other decks, you ramp into uh, uh, Sandman, right? Things yep. like that. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts on this? Um so I, I think I, I summed it up the best I could with a, a meme and it's the, the office meme where they're, they're holding up the pieces of paper and it's like, corporate needs you to tell me the difference between this picture and this picture. And on one, one is wave and the other one's Sandman. And so like wave is now like pseudo Sandman because nothing is getting through it. Um, so it's funny. I, you see so many people the day it comes out who are like, Oh man, rip wave rip wave she's she's just you can't do the death wave stuff you can't do the she-hulk stuff i don't know if wave is going to make the cut anymore outside of uh galactus stuff or maybe some ramp builds but i think this might have actually just made her better um it's really sad that it kills off uh mainly death wave i think doom wave is actually going to be fine it's just going to drop she-hulk which it was a cool interaction um and i loved the death wave deck it was the deck i wanted to get forever and i didn't buy the wave pass in the beta because i wasn't playing as much then so i didn't get death wave for like a super long time so by the time i finally got it i was like super hyped uh because i always liked to destroy archetype and that was like clearly the way to go with it Uh, so i'm personally a little sad to see it go um but i do think the reasoning kind of makes sense because uh, they have a lot of design space they can explore and snap, but uh, a very big part of it, which is like cost reduction mechanics, which I mean, look at like any card game cost reduction is like a very core part of design for a lot of different cards and tons of different games. And it's a fun thing, like making something that normally costs a lot, making it cost a little. It's it's fun. That's why people like doing it. Right. That's why everyone likes cheating out the big death. And you had the bonus of making your opponent usually only able to play like one card themselves. Um, but they kind of even confirmed that testing it with like, even just with the addition of the, the high evolutionary abomination, which functions similar to She-Hulk with the cost reduction. Um, they said it was like ridiculously powerful. And I totally believe that. Um, so I can kind of understand wanting to, instead of letting that, cause like what they could have done is they didn't have to do this now. They could have done this, let's say, a month from now, and they could have let it run wild. Um, but I think we're we're probably going to appreciate the fact that they didn't if it actually would have been as strong as it looked, because I think it would have been like super duper meta warping. Uh, 
and that they said it's more a change for future design space and i think that's true and good because we're gonna want more cost reduction stuff and it's kind of rough when anytime you're designing any kind of cool cost reduction you have to be like oh wait does this just slot as another free card into the wave deck because eventually it gets a little ridiculous it was already i mean you remember when she hulk first came out people were like all right this is getting a little ridiculous now they can yep. do death and she hulk and another card and, um, yeah and you moon girl and you get like doubles of them and yeah yeah well i can understand why they wanted to keep it a bit under control but it's interesting because wave is still really really good and now she is better at locking out the opponent than she was previously. And I think this is actually going to kind of challenge the, the stature miles deck a bit. Cause now that can't get through it, yeah. um, which is a pretty big deal. Other she Hulk decks can't get through it. Um, she really is like, if you play her on turn five, she's like Sandman, but you get another two mana to do stuff with. You can slam down a Jeff or whatever else you have. So I think uh, wave is looking really powerful. Even after this change, but the way she is used is going to be a bit different. Uh, I think this actually boosts the ramp deck quite a bit because now you can uh, kind of lock people a bit with going these like uh, wave into Odin or uh, I saw someone talking about like a, a Zola. So you just keep getting mm -hmm. the wave effects. So they can only play one card a turn. And when everyone's playing Kitty Pride and a lot of people are playing Kitty Pride, it uh, turns out wave is really, really good. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Because then, you, yeah, it automatically, you know, it's forced to go back to your hand and you can't, like, choose to pull it up and play it back down, things like that. It hurts so. Sarah and stuff, too, because those decks, even though they were locked before, they could still play two cards. Now you only get the one card, which, like, that doesn't sound like it's a huge difference. But for a deck like Sarah that usually swings really hard off of, like, one card, like Shang-Chi or Enchantress, actually can make a pretty huge difference. Well, I think it's it's one of those things we've always talked about um, on the podcast when we we get patches or the OTA updates, like Sarah has gone so long without like having any kind of change. And Sarah has constantly been in, in powerful decks at the, mm -hmm. you know, seeing the most play. So this in some ways, yeah, is like a, it's a, a better counter to Sarah. So maybe Sarah can stay the same because now you can play better around Sarah, right? Mm -hmm. You could, like you say, wave turn five is looking pretty nice, right? Um, locking your opponent out from having that big turn on um, on on turn six. But like you say, you know, you put down a good two drop, you put down a lizard or you put down a, a Jeff with wave mm -hmm. on turn five. And then all of a sudden you can move your Jeff across the board and yeah, it's very flexible. Or you can play your lizard and know they're not going to be able to put four cards down at a location. Mm -hmm. Right. Things like that. And then, you, you know, you uh, do whatever you're going to do on turn six. So um, interesting for sure. We're running short on time. So I do want to talk about the change to death, which isn't that big of a change, but mm -hmm. with this, the, you know, they're like, okay, yeah, we get it. Uh, this is going to make death not as good because you know, you're not going to be able to do cheat these kind out, of, yeah. yeah, cheater out this combo. So they're lowering death's cost from nine to eight, but I believe they said in the developer's comment, you know, they'll look to see like, okay, if death just like sees no play, from this point on, like they'll look at her again and maybe adjust the stat line further. Right. Yeah. Like they, they acknowledge that this is a pretty big hit to her. So they're going to do this to start and see how things are performing. And if she isn't really performing very well, then they'll probably adjust it some more, which is nice to see. Um, I don't think this 
changes a whole lot. I saw a few destroy decks and some were still able to play their death out, but I haven't really tried uh, destroy after the change myself. Uh, they did get that buffed venom recently, so some people are still trying it and maybe it still works, but only time will tell. But it makes sense. They, they're trying to make death a bit more reasonable to reduce because now you no longer have to factor in the cheating her out as easily with wave. Yeah. Yeah. So overall interesting changes here. Um, you know, only four cards changed and one of them being Kitty Pride, which we kind of already knew was coming and was going to be changed. So uh, kind of feels like an OTA patch, one of the OTA patches in that sense. Like, Yeah, a little smaller in scope. A little smaller in scope, but obviously text changes instead of just stat line changes. So, but uh, yeah, that yeah. wave change is like, I think, more impactful than a few of the other OTAs combined. Oh, just the yeah. wave change on her own, I think, is going to uh, be pretty significant. for the. Uh, yeah, I mean, people... Who, if that's what they were exclusively playing, right? Um, wave type decks, like they have to figure out they're going to shift. The meta is going to shift accordingly mm-hmm. uh, with people trying a lot of different things. So uh, we will continue to our last topic here. We've got a few minutes left, um, but this is also kind of a juicy topic. So, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, so we got our series drop, which, you know, I saw people chatting over the last few days, like, Hey, they haven't told us like the series drop. Normally they tell us that before the patch comes out. That's mm-hmm. a little, that's weird, weird. Uh, yeah. but I didn't really think anything of it. I said, Oh, yeah, maybe they're just maybe they're behind, maybe they're really mm-hmm. busy. Um, but I think now we know why they didn't tell us. Um, so dropping from series four to three, we've got Sur- Surfer, Sauron, Dazzler, Sentry, Ghost, and Shadow King. So that's more cards than we normally get from four mm-hmm. to three. And from five to four, we got Negasonic, Teenage Warhead, Master Mold, and Nimrod. Um, do you notice any cards missing from here? Yeah, I I think I do. I think there's a, a Darkhawk and a Null. Missing oh, that's weird. I thought I expected. Yeah, so uh, I expected those ones to come this month. Um, a I, lot of people did. <laughs> yeah. So um, everybody's been able to predict until now. Like, okay, uh, they've all been following the same cadence. They stay in Series mm-hmm. Five for the same amount of time. Then they go to Series Four for the same amount of time. So it's kind of like we've been able to basically create a calendar of like, hey, this is when we know cards are going to drop. So mm-hmm. if it's worth it to you, spend the tokens now. If you want it kind of medium cost, get it here. And if you want to wait all the way till Series 3, you're going to wait this much time. Um, which, you know, there's complaints about, you know, all cards entering Series 5. But, you know, at least you kind of knew, okay, this is my time frame for getting this card if I want to wait. Yeah, like I get this for free after X date if I'm Series 3 complete, which is... A lot of people really valued that information. It, it, you know, a lot of players weren't buying all these cards as they were dropping. And either if they really wanted one, maybe they get it as it drops to four. But a lot of people were waiting for series three. And that's why we've seen a lot of blowback about this in the community. Uh, because not only for moving these uh, and kind of saying, hey, they're going to stick around in pool four. I think that itself isn't just the one thing that kind of rubs people the wrong way. Though that's part of it. It's this well, we're just going to choose what we want to stay in series four and it'll drop whenever we feel like it. (laughs) And it's just like, what does that mean? (laughs) Um, How like people liked being able to plan around this. And I think one line, I I can't believe they put it in the patch notes. Like I actually did like a double take when I saw it was they said something about how, yeah, in some months, you know, if the meta is feeling healthy, we might skip on a series drop. I'm just yeah. like, are you are you kidding me? <laughs> like, how can you determine if a meta is healthy 
when a lot of the player base doesn't have access to relevant cards like if anything yeah. that that's like the opposite so it it's just uh it it was a very frustrating thing and like i think they they knew people weren't going to be happy about this which is why they delayed the they didn't tell us the series drop stuff before and i kind of guessed this like the night before i said uh you know i wonder if it's cuz they're changing something cuz they said they were going to do changes with card acquisition and you know the really rough thing with this is they announced something really positive with it but because of these other changes that's what's getting the focus because they kind of just messed with people's expectations and this is just after we finally saw how long it took it takes a card to rotate to series three right like wasn't last month the first batch finally making its way down wasn't that april um where bass and all the other ones moved down and everyone's like oh this is great we finally know how long it takes for the cards to move all the way down and now that's all out the window um but the the positive thing is that not all cards are going to be dropping in series five anymore they said two cards for june are not going to start in series five Uh, we don't know what those two cards are uh but that's a pretty big thing because that's what people have been asking for is we don't want uh like howard the duck to be a 6,000 token card. If you drop him at pool four, I think more people would probably experiment with Howard. Um, So that was like a huge win, but it was so overshadowed by the fact that I don't think the player base, or at least like the very engaged player base who engages online with the, the community and content and all the other stuff. I think there's just like a lack of trust that they're going to uh, drop the cards in a reasonable time frame especially when they're the cards they're conveniently holding back in pool four are very meta relevant cards. Darkhawk's like at the top right now. And so instead of Darkhawk, it's like, oh boy, I got Sauron, Dazzler and Ghost and Shadow King early. Uh, there's a whole lot I can do with that compared to Darkhawk where you can make like eight different decks with it. So it, and then Null too, which even though he's less popular than Darkhawk, he has a very specific place in the Galactus deck. He makes a big impact there. And I think some people are going to experiment with him now and destroy decks as those look to take a different angle. Uh, but it, this was just really frustrating. And it's such a shame because if they didn't do this or if they did this in a less like, uh, I guess, offensive way to the community where it's just like, yeah, we're going to choose and there's no timetable. Um, I think people would have been really happy about this news because there was some really great news, but it feels like every time there's a change to card acquisition stuff, uh, there's always like bad that's coming with the good. And it's so easy for the bad to overshadow it. And I'm just like, how, how, how don't they realize this? Like, like stop putting these together. Like if you want to make a change with it, like sure but like it just seems like such a colossal misstep to put these in the same thing and doing it in the way that they're doing it where you just have no time frame you don't know people already had a hard time deciding to spend their tokens and yeah they talked about there are a few little bonus ways you can earn a little bit more we don't have specifics on that so i'm not going to focus on that very much or factor it in that's kind of a wait and see thing um but it's people were very apprehensive to spend their tokens because they would generate like you'd have tokens in the reserve. And you're like, well, if I'm going to get this card after a couple months, I don't need to buy this right away. I want to make sure I get the most value for them. Uh, I think people are going to be even more likely to hoard tokens now because they don't know. Like they don't know, man, what if Howard the Duck is one of those cards they pick? Well, instead of going from five to four, he goes to five to three. 
And then all of a sudden the people who paid 6k for him are like, wait, what, what the heck's going on here? <laughs> I paid a lot for this card and now, and, but it's, it's great that, you know, more people are going to get it, but it's going to make people apprehensive because they don't know before we could look and we knew you knew what you were getting for the tokens you paid. You knew, Hey, I'm buying this card for 6k or 3k. Yeah. I'm overpaying by X thousand amount of tokens, but I get this early access period before the card becomes quote unquote free. And now we don't know that anymore. Yeah. And especially if they're picking and choosing based on the cards that are uh, more sought after, that just feels really bad and definitely brings this kind of pay to win sentiment where they want you to pay more uh, for cards that are better in the game. And that feels super not good. Yeah. Uh, we're running short on time here, but I do want to, I want to read part of the quote you referenced. It says, um, uh, we may even skip a month series drop entirely when the meta looks fun and healthy. I can't uh, believe they said that. <laughs> these, these decisions will be made on a card by card basis based uh -huh. on data and player feedback instead of applying a blanket rule to all cards. So like, what does that read to us with like the cards that dropped of like, what is the data and the player feedback is like, Oh, players play with these cards a lot and they're better than these cards. I guess they're going to be more expensive for longer. Like, that and they will drop I, i've seen a lot of people ask that question oh does this mean darkhawks permanently series four no they said they're not permanently putting these cards here but we do not know when they're going to drop it could be next month it could be three months from now uh we will not yeah. know until they decide to tell us which people uh, really i do not think bad. like that feeling of we, we they just want to know <laughs> they want to know when they can get the car because that's how they're calculating uh, if spending my tokens is worth it. And when you remove the kind of part of that equation with the big question mark, uh, I think you're legitimately going to see less people spend tokens with this change, which is the complete opposite of the intention of the change, which is, hey, we want people to buy more new cards. So yeah. I think they're really going to have to retool or walk this back in the next month or two or find something to do it differently because I think this is a, a very big red flag for a lot of people. Yep. Yep. I, uh, I think the second dinner does a really good job of taking negative feedback and, and, uh, and listening and, you know, they've done that in the past. So I think they're hearing that now. And I, my anticipation is the same as yours. I think people are going to buy less cards and have, there was already decision paralysis, purchase paralysis. And that's just going to increase now because mm -hmm. even, even a simple case where master molds now series four, I'm like, well, is he going to be in series four for like, multiple months or is he going to drop to series three because i want master mold but if i can save mm -hmm. a couple thousand tokens and i you know maybe he's going to be series three next month hey like maybe i'll wait and i'll buy That's a new card in june right if they're yeah. dropping a card at series four so yeah it really does add to that decision paralysis which is such a shame because more people should want to get like the new cards and i think they understand that's something they want too they don't want like five people buying jeff the duck all right. Um, so it, they want more people getting these cards and playing with these cards, but this doesn't seem it is worth mentioning that pool four is way more accessible than pool three. And that's great and all. But the big thing that feels bad here is the fact that we don't know how long it's going to be in the pool. And the fact that it feels like they're going out of their way to select cards kind of based on power, which it's kind of against what they originally advertised the game as their their whole kind of pitch was yeah you can 
you can play a fun card game without having to worry about paying for power. And it feels like that is not kind of aligning with the direction we're seeing tap, uh, Snap take in this patch, which is unfortunate. And I really hope that uh, they uh, kind of take that criticism and change stuff with this because uh, from myself and like just tons of other content creators, we all I think we all have the same kind of concerns about this and we have the same kind of concerns as the player base. Like I'm not individually affected by this change very much, but on principle, it really bothers me because I want more people to play with the cards. Cause I think that makes yeah. for a better game and a better experience. And when these type of changes are happening and it's going to cause players to maybe not even buy cards as much, it's like, uh, it's, it's pretty concerning. <laughs> it's pretty concerning. Yep. Well, on that note of concern, but also hope for a better tomorrow, we are out of time. And I um, appreciate you joining because, again, a lot of big topics we covered today. And, and, you know, we'll anticipate listening to hear what the listeners' thoughts are on this when the episode comes out. But before we go, zombies, I just want to give you a chance uh, for you to give a shout out where people can find you, uh, Marvel Snap Zone, podcast, everything. Yeah, yeah. So uh, if you don't know me, I'm Zombies. I do Snap content here on YouTube and on Twitch. Actually just started doing some content here on the Snap Zone YouTube channel, uh, doing some features on the articles. Uh, so the the Theorycraft decks, uh, the tier list, we ended up taking a break from the video tier list this week uh, because it came out right as we got the patch. A little bit unfortunate timing. Um, but that'll be back next week, so stay tuned for that. And, of course, the Infinite Decks of the Week. Uh, if you make it to Infinite and you want your deck to have a chance to be shared, you should definitely, uh, I think, either go through the Snap Zone Discord or tweet out to Snap Zone um, or even me. Uh, my Twitter is the same as my name here, Zombies Go Nom Nom. And then you'll have a chance of getting your deck featured on the show. I really love doing that. It's super fun seeing all the cool stuff people make it to Infinite with every week. So that's probably my favorite thing to do. Uh, for the content here on Snap Zone, um, my content I uh, definitely do a lot of Snap stuff. It's my main focus. Uh, trying to stream that a bit more, um, and we do a Snap podcast uh, every other Saturday. Uh, that is Born to Be Cosmo. We're going to be airing this Saturday, uh, and uh, it should be a good time. I have a feeling it's going to be a pretty long one because as we saw here, the, the time just flew away because there's so much stuff to talk about with this patch. It was a really big update, a lot of stuff surrounding that. So if you want to hear some more thoughts about the patch and, and all the other stuff, uh, check out born to be Cosmo. Uh, you can find that on YouTube, Twitter, etc. cetera. Uh, and yeah, that's uh, that is about it for me. Awesome. Well, zombies, thank you again for being here. We love having you on the show. Listeners as always, thank you so much for listening and we will catch you in the next episode. Can't Stop Snapping is a podcast written, recorded, produced, and hosted by Michael Thurman. Thanks for listening. <laughs>